we made this. You know what? I've just lost the game. <sighs> Bums. I, I was winning for a long, long time when my brother brought it up the other week. And I've been losing it quite a lot now. Does anyone... Nobody wins the game. No, the only way to win the game is if the current Prime Minister says... Uh, I think it's during question time. That's it, chaps, the game is over. <laughs> and, and if they say it, then the game is officially done. No. I'm, I'm not playing anymore. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But, but... I'm going home, I'm taking my bike with me. <laughs> so, if you're listening to Jeremy Corbyn, I'll definitely vote for you if you pledge to say that. <laughs> if he pledges to cancel or continue the game. He might just sit on the fence for years, won't he? Speaking of cancelling people, um, John, the actor John Voight. I, oh, yeah, yeah. I think that's how you pronounce his last name, yeah, John Voight. that's right. Uh, he did a uh, publicity video today for Donald Trump. Oh, dear. So I had to really, uh, really force myself not to throw all my National Treasure DVDs in the bin. <laughs> cancelled. Cancelled. National Treasure is cancelled. Don't care about the third one. Well, well, well I, I don't know about that. We're not cancelling the whole National Treasure. Why have we still not got a third one, Chris? I don't know. Those films are fantastic. They are amazing. Uh, I think I think because can you do another one as well? So I don't get what the holdup is. They are, you know, they are the successor to Indiana Jones. Yeah, they are. And I know, I know some of us really enjoyed Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Christopher. Yeah, but it was fine. You're wrong. I'm not uh, wrong. Temple Doom shit. <laughs> Look, if anyone's going to be on my side that Nicolas Cage is better, then it's going to be you, in it? Oh, so. yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Nicolas Cage should have been Indiana Jones to begin with. <laughs> How old would he have been then? Oh, he, he would have still been in his 20s. Yeah, already. he would have, yeah, been, yeah. have been old enough, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, he was doing it films in like 83, 84, because when was first Indiana Jones? Was that 85-ish? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. So he should have been it all along. Absolutely. Fuck Havasum Ford, is what I'm trying to say. No reason. I'm just cancelling. More him. like Harrison fraud. More like Harrison cancelled. So, so, Chris. So cancelled. Yeah. Before today, we've now officially reviewed ten films. Hooray! Between the two of us. God, has it only been ten? It feels like thirty. Thanks to what about dinosaurs is missing? It's taken us since February to record ten, ten. episodes. <laughs> Fucking hell! It's terrible. <laughs> I literally lived. What was it four minutes drive away from you? It's a, terrible. It's, it's a really good job that we've uh, set it to be one one episode of Fortnite. Yeah, because we much. have never ever ever had a backlog. <laughs> I think we did three in a row in the middle, and that's been it. We need to really get on with this. We need to crack on, crack the whip, and get a backlog going. We need to be. I I dream of being a weekly podcast at some point. <sighs> <laughs> I'm just too tired to do weekly. Yeah, yeah, me too. I'm only kidding. Uh, but um, so I've done a little countdown. Our, our top ten. I was so worried you about to say I've done a quiz. No, not a quiz. Not anymore. Not another one. Since they went so well in the first few episodes. Yeah. It means having the time to write them for one thing. Since I haven't been making a note anywhere, I literally had to listen to the ends of all of the episodes to actually find out. Oh, that's why I had a spike in listenership. <laughs> Yeah, it was all me. <laughs> that would be really depressing if, like, all the only person that listened this week was. Uh, oh well, we've gone up by ten. <laughs> yeah, so uh, if we're looking at the figures, are the figures good? I've never even looked at them. Uh, for decent, good. A nice building block. 
when you showed me last time, I thought, you know... Could do with a few more. We could do with a few more, but considering we've literally just started this year, I was pretty pleased with what... Yeah. Being on a network has obviously helped. Oh, sure. Thanks, Tony. Thank you, Tony. <laughs> Plus, we've had more offers for guest slots and... Yeah, which we've got to have coming up I soon. I think we've got four logged up. Uh, we definitely got three. I don't know about fourth one. I'm sure I could rustle up someone. I'll just grab someone off the street. If yeah, fair enough. Have you seen Tomorrowland? Come, come and talk about it. <laughs> not again. No, not again. No. Right, yeah. So this is our uh, rundown. Uh, for the edit, I'll try and find some kind of like funky countdown music. Like uh, I've got the song in my head. I can't remember what it's from. That's the one. So, yeah, we've got our first ten films um, in absolute last place. Uh, oh, I wonder what this will be. <laughs> the racist monstrosity that is, one of our dinosaurs is missing. Then, in sixth place... Uh, with Sixth? Well, we've got some that are double up. Okay. So, I've done it the other way around. So, yeah, seventh is one of our dinosaurs is missing. Sixth place, with nine points out of twenty, is the computer wore tennis shoes. And looking back, I'm not sure if it belongs there anymore, but we'll um, maybe it does. I can't. Nah, I, I don't think it does. I think in hindsight, I would have given it a six. I think I went with five, like bang in the middle yep. as a uh, marker, but I would have probably given it one more. But tough shit, no take back scenes. No. Nope. Then in fifth place, uh, we have three films, all with 10 out of 20. Uh, we so at most five out of ten on average yeah three for, for fuck's sake uh, and this is now half the films that we're covered yep so oh. uh, in fifth place with ten points we had The Black Hole The Million Dollar Duck and Tomorrowland and again I, I think Million Dollar Duck should be lower than that but we disag- we agree to disagree I think it should be much higher yeah, I well, think it should be number one I think you should fuck off <laughs> then in fourth place with only by an extra point uh, with eleven points is Gus then in third place, uh, joint with 13 points was Escape to Witch Mountain and Heavyweights, which I thought, yeah, I'd say they were about on par. Uh, I'd say Escape is a bit better. If what, yeah, if we had to say one or the other, probably Escape to Witch Mountain, yeah. just. Then in second place, with 15 and a half, was Condor Man, with me giving the only half point of the uh, the show so I'm far. Don't know about that. Round that down right now. <laughs> and then finally in first place with 18 out of 20, the island at the end of the world. Deservedly so. Absolutely. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there you go. That's the uh, the current order. I was thinking maybe every 10 episodes we could do maybe like a bottom five and a top five. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So um, yeah, so we'll do that again in 10 episodes time. Is someone keep it noted down and... So, yeah. at the rate we're recording, we'll come back to this in 2020. <laughs> Can't you remember the spiel by heart yet? I think I can. Shall I have a go? Oh, no, it's your episode. No, I know. You can look and see if I'm doing it oh, right. Okay, fair enough. Okay, right. Here we go. Hello, and welcome to Without a Mouse, the podcast where we watch and review obscure... Uh... Oh, shit. Well, I mean, you missed everyone at the beginning, so you've already <laughs> fucked <I> it. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Without a Mouse, the podcast where we watch and review obscure and forgotten Disney live-action movies on the hunt for a hidden gem. 
there's live action. Well, the live actions before Disney was yeah, close I, enough. Close enough. I realised as I said it and nearly stumbled there. <laughs> but yeah, that, that'll do. Hello and welcome to Without a Mouse. We review stuff. We watch films so you don't have to, and you really, really don't have to. No. <laughs> In most cases so far. Hello and welcome to Without a Mouse. Two grown men talk about Disney. Go! The parent trap. Hooray! Hello again, Chris. Hello there, yes. I um, have been to London last week. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is why we were unable to record last week. Had a little bit of a, a few little Disney things happening, but the most important one, I was in the presence of a Steamboat Willie set in the Disney store and they had it made up for you to have a look at. Yeah. Oh, mate, I really want it. Yeah. Seeing it in front of me, it's quite, quite sturdy and big. It is. For for your 90 quid, I mean, you can see where it's coming from. It's, I I just was fantasizing about it being on my mantelpiece. If someone wants to PayPal me the money, (laughs) I think it's paypal.com slash chriswatson023, then we can do a Patreon extra. Don't know where Patreon comes into it. We'll we'll build it. We'll do a live stream. Yeah. but um, Give me a quid. It looks so good and I really want one. But at the same time, I was like, I don't want to say anything. I was so tempted to just splurge the money. But I don't know about you, but I find, like, because I thought if... I end up buying it. It'll be me and Kirsty that put it together. Oh yeah, Kirsty. Which fair. is which is fa- absolutely fair. Oh yeah. But I honestly think like Lego is something that I quite like as a solitary activity. Yes, yeah, so I fully agree with this. I'm, I'm building a setup minute, just like a Lego creative expert, just like a diner oh, right, sort yeah. of thing. But I can't imagine doing it with anyone else. I just like to stick a podcast on and build Lego. Yeah, just almost like switching your brain off, getting methodical with it, and exactly. having some time alone. But then to be fair, she's got the um, the Yellow Submarine from the Beatles, mm. uh, which was one of the Lego ideas kits as well. And yeah, she built, I've got that. And I'm pretty sure she built that herself. So maybe, maybe I could uh, convince her that... Steamboat Willie's mine. Well, I think those sets take two or three hours, so you wait until she's out of the house for a while. And then just when she comes home, I've... Uh, just magically appears. <laughs> yeah. What's that doing there, sat on the coffee table? Yeah, well, uh, which has actually reminded me, uh, we bought you a little gift when we were in London. Oh, So fancy. I'll go get it for you. One okay. second. Chris Scat. I mean, uh, I went to Manchester the other day, I didn't buy Timmer presents, so I feel like a right bastard now. <laughs> Packing boiling in it, and uh, send all your nudes uh, to at TimbalsRH on Twitter. You know, even if it's just a nipple, I'm sure I appreciate it. Maybe I should uh, start my own little podcast within a podcast. Like, hello and welcome to the new metal podcast for all things Limp Biscuit. Wonder what his gift's going to be. For the, Sorry, yeah, Chris, no present. For the benefit of those at home, Tim is still looking around. Is now upturning cushions. <laughs> She says she gave them to me to put somewhere, which bodes really badly for them ever being found. Is it that Pokemon red cartridge cushion? No, it's Damn. Not. Why, do you like it? I do, actually, yes. Oh, what have I done with it? Shit, the bed. Right, never mind. Oh, this is a good bit of podcasting, isn't it? <laughs> let's, let's, let's pretend that I did find it, and I'll give it to you now, and then you can act dead... Excited about the gift I got you. Okay, even though it's not here. Even though it's not here. It's yeah. a winning lottery ticket. <laughs> wow! Amazing. No, when we went to um when we went to the big Lego store in London, we, they were selling packs of the Disney minifigures, blind packs. Oh yeah, yeah. So we got one for you, one for me, one for Kirsty, and one for her sister. 
and I don't know where they've gone. So, <laughs> so somebody's got two packs. So just pretend. Here you go. Here you go, Chris. Here it is. Oh well, what's it going to be? I need something to crinkle. Up. I was going to say it's in a crinkly bag. Oh well, it's a Donald Duck. Oh, amazing! That's really cool because that wasn't even in the set as a possibility. So you've done well there. Damn. Oh, let's have a look what I've got in mine. Ah, haven't you even opened yours? No, not yet. I was giving, you know, I wanted it to be a surprise for the podcast that we could do live on it. You know, we could always find them at the end and splice it back in, don't you? <laughs> we might have to splice it in in about a fortnight when I finally <laughs> find it. Anyway, yeah. I just like to splice it into the episode at random. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, Goofy. <laughs> oh, I'm such a twat. <laughs> So those of you who are uh, regular listeners, which I know that we've got millions of, Hi, will, will know that um, this week we are reviewing The Parent Trap. Hooray. Not the original, but the 1998 remake with Lindsay Lohan. That's right. Introducing Lindsay Lohan. This is her debut, from what I can gather. It was. She was a debutante, you could say. Yes. If you know... Oh, I, oh I, debutantes. Which I didn't know was a word until watching Gilmore Girls. <laughs> I've got nothing to add. Okay, that's fine. So my first thing when watching The Parent Trap, when I set it up on Tinterweb, really surprised to see that it was a two-hour film. Yes. um, When I saw it, when I saw the runtime, I thought, really? Is this like the director's cut? Because I made this mistake on my other podcast recently when I watched Underworld Evolution and I had to watch Underworld before it. And that was two hours 20. We just padded it for a crap. But no, this is the actual theatrical release. Yeah. I'm surprised Disney allowed something this long to go out, to be fair. And it does feel long as well when we're watching. It does. Not to give too much away. but um... I think, well, to quickly go into it now, I think it's a weird one because there's not many things in the context of a film you could cut out. But it's very long. It is long. Yeah, it's... It's both a simple plot and a convoluted plot, all in one. It is, yes. Um, depending on how you're looking at it. It is sister-sister of a movie. Basically, yeah. Have you seen the original before? Probably can't recall it, but I think I've seen it on Disney Channel. Yeah, it's one of the ones that I've never seen. Um, we did have the song Let's Get Together was on one of the sing-along song VHSs we had in the 90s. Okay, right. But I've never seen the actual film. So thought rather than watching the original first, I thought we'd start with the one that we've actually seen, both of us, and then later on we'll yep. uh, see how it compares to the original eventually. Sure. Although, to get into it now, uh, it's another thing from last episode. I think I thought this was the... First film I watched after I got back from PGL. Yes, you did say that. No, I'm not so sure. I've definitely seen this before, but my 11-year-old brain seems to remember that there's a scene at the end where there's a wedding at a posh hotel that gets broken up. Maybe that was the director's cut. Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> could have been. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that could have been just told a great big lie, in all fairness. But if anyone of you thinks that they remember a film that might have Lindsay Lohan in, which ends with the breaking up of a wedding, uh, tweet us without a mouse. Or just tweet us about any films where there's a wedding that's broken up at the end. I'm sure there's not many of those. (laughs) No. It could be literally anything. Yeah. Like, literally half a film's made. I'm sure, like, one of the Avengers films I've one of them recently. (laughs) So, yeah. um, As you've said, introducing Lindsay Lohan. So, our opening scene... 
uh, is set in 1986 on the QE2 ocean. Titanic. <laughs> yeah, it did have a bit of a Titanic-y it really thing going did. down. Yeah, yeah. What? When did the Titanic film come out? That was before 1997. This. So it was a year before. So yeah, um, I think this would have already been in production. It'd be interesting to find out if the QE2 was the setting for this scene in the original. You know what? Just thinking about it, sorry, um, so this was being shot after Titanic had fully wrapped and we were sure of it because. Probably, yeah. Because, uh, one of the bigger facts I remember about Titanic is that because they needed every single costume for that era and every single bit of, well, props and everything like that, that it was basically impossible around that time to do a feature film set before the Second World War because Titanic had taken everything. Taken everything, yeah. To uh, do that production. So, mm. yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure this was filmed after the fact. But yeah. it was around the same time. But it'd be interesting to see, when we eventually watch the original, to see if that opening scene is set on a boat, or whether or not they made this scene on a boat because that's what's trendy. Because mm. um, from doing a bit of research, there were a lot of things, mainly like um, character names mostly, but there were a lot of things that were changed from the original, apparently. Okay. So. Oh, do they have really outdated names like Henry and... <laughs> Henrietta and Abner. Yeah, and I know Walter. <laughs> and, and Lionel. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It, Charles. I haven't seen the film, so I don't know. <laughs> But um, it starts with a couple on the QE2 getting married, and there's fireworks, which is all very Disney. Uh, I don't think they actually got married. Well, this is what I was trying to figure out, because... Would Disney allow a bastard birth? (laughs) (laughs) It's very complicated, because later on in the film, they talk a lot about their wedding, and... It's hard to tell the time scale because they definitely met on the QE2. Yes, this is the thing. I think they met. It was one night. They shucked up. Oh no, there's a pair of twins. And by the time, or very shortly after they were born, that's when we split. Yeah. But I don't think marriage came into it. But then if they weren't getting married, it's all very much set out like stereotypically how you would shoot a wedding. Like, there's lots of bubbly being splashed about, and she's in a white dress at one point, and then it's... it's No, I I just think that they had a press screening of Titanic when they shot the scene. Maybe. (laughs) It's really difficult to tell. It it was very Titanic-esque, but yeah, I don't... I could be completely wrong, but I don't think they were married. I was just about to say, um, we should do a poll on Twitter to see if people think they were getting married on the QE2 or not, which could be next week. But I actually did did an interesting (laughs) Twitter poll on... Uh, this week. Yeah. Did, did you see it? I can't recall which one. I've been posting all sorts of shite on Twitter again this week, so I've not been paying much attention to what's going on. Have you gone viral again? I saw some wrestler uh, yeah, yeah, retweeted yeah, you or some shit. Yes. Is he a big time wrestler? Is yeah. he someone that people have heard of? Yeah, yeah he's well, pretty big. Well yeah, done, I'm very good. About the most, uh, the biggest wrestler, I think. That's uh, retweeted my fine work so far. Brill. Although by the time this comes out, I'm actually retiring or going on hiatus or that sort of thing because I want to do other things in my life apart from making dreadful videos on Twitter. So, <laughs> but still follow me at Kids Swell. So yeah, this is what I did. Um, I asked. Uh, so who actually went to see Dumbo? Then sixty-seven percent of people said get lost, and thirty-three percent said me, and I got what I deserve. Yeah. Um, not a single person said that it was a good film. No, I don't think anyone thought it was a good film. <laughs> But uh, it's official now, because if it's on the Without a Mouse uh, Twitter, then it must be true. I thought you were going to say it's official now. We can review it. 
I think you <laughs> oh, can... F- fuck no. Yeah, yeah, I think you can get a fuck there, <laughs> quite frankly. No, it'll, it'll take a lot to get me to review any of these uh, live-action remakes that, that, that are current. Yeah. Um, I was saying to you before the podcast, I was gonna, I was very tempted to spring up for the next review, being the new Lion King film that'll be out. I believe when this comes out, it would have come out the day before. It's whether or not we could commit to actually getting to a cinema on time, isn't it? Nope, I can't. I can't do that. I only saw Toy Story four yesterday, which context it's already been out three and a half weeks. What did you think? Very good. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, that was. It was all right. Yeah, non plus Tim over here. Yeah, I mean, I'd... Non plus Tim off. You know, I'd rate it higher than the computer wore tennis shoes, but... (laughs) (laughs) So, so yeah, get your poll up on, you know, the Parent Trap Twitter. You know, that's a whole subsection of Twitter. It is, isn't it? Yeah. The 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 late... How do you say it? Lilo stands? Yeah, all the Lilo stands will come out of the woodwork to uh, talk about it. I don't what was in Lilo and Stitch. What? As in Lindsay Lohan. Lilo? L-I-L-O. I mean, she's lying like a minute. I've not seen her in a film for years. Has anyone actually seen That was seen a really her? good pun. Up yours. <laughs> <laughs> you said it so dryly that I just thought you had been stupid. <laughs> 28 minutes into the recording and we've barely spoken about the film yet. There was 10 minutes of silence. Yeah, to be fair. Um, yeah, so from our establishing bit with the, on the QE2, we then go to Camp Walden. So two summer camps in two episodes. I, f- I was thinking about this, yeah. It wasn't really that, that intentional, but um, tough shit. It happened. Yeah. I've got those memories back in PGL all over again. Yeah, but obviously, whereas the last film we reviewed was All Boys, this is an all-girls camp. Plus a boy. Plus a for boy. Some, for some reason. Um, he's um, Lindsay Lohan's brother in real life, oh, okay, which I so, did not know. So, so we so, just did this as like a bit of a rib to get him in there. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, it's it's kind of an on-running joke that somehow this poor kid, has, this poor boy has ended up at an all-girls camp. That's like he really enjoyed Frigging it, though. hilarious joke. yeah. He seemed to enjoy himself. Fair play to him. Yeah, very soon after the start. Well, well, first of all, we get introduced to, like, Lindsay Lohan, the Californian version. This is going to get very confusing very quickly because I didn't actually note down the names. It's, is it Annie and Helly? Annie and Helly, yes. Helly, yeah. Oh, God, that makes it even worse. Yeah. Bloody rhyming. It, it turns out that nearly every character name in this film ends with an E sound, oh. which gets really confusing. It's really silly. Because there's a dog called Sammy. And there's a character named um, Chessie. Not Jessie with a J, Chessie with a C-H. Okay, right, I which didn't is not, know that. I don't know where they got that from, because that's not a name. Uh, typing error on Final Draft. Yeah, because I spent the whole film thinking it was Jessie until I went on IMDb and was like, what? No, I've written down Jessie. I'm going to call her Jessie. So yeah, we've got Annie, Hallie, Sammy and Jessie. Chessie, sorry. Oh, <laughs> bless me. <laughs> <laughs> So, Lindsay Leo, Lohan, the Californian version. Yeah, um, Lilo number one, I'd yeah, she She's a cool dude. She, well, sort of. <laughs> Vaguely. Yeah. She, like, befriends a couple of the other girls. Straight away. Yeah, yeah. Literally, the first two people she encounters are then her best friends for the whole of camp. Yes. Which I, I have a feeling is probably how it works in real life, to be fair, when you're kids. Works like that at university as well. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah it does. <laughs> I, I, I just became best friends with two first two people that helped me with my bags, that was it. And sometimes it works out for the best, and sometimes you'd never see them again. Exactly. <laughs> sometimes you block them on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> and 
as they're walking away, we're introduced to Lindsay Lohan, the posh London version. Yep, she's a uh, sort of suited, nice jacket and very sort of fitted pencil skirt. Yeah, that's it's, right. It's very... Um, With her own personal butler. For 1998, it is the stereotype of Britain in the 60s. It is, yeah. Which America has never grown out of for the British invasion. It's, as, it's weird, isn't it? Because it's about the time, you know, you've got the Spice Girls and such. Yeah, so we've got Britpop as well, yeah. which is... Taking over the world. It was, yeah, yeah. Well, I'd say that was pretty big in America. And, yeah, for some reason, we're back in 1963. Don't know why. Yeah, and it kind of... Every element that's from the UK in this film has that kind of weird... Uh, what's the word? Anachronism, let's say. Well, I think a lot of it's to how most Americans think that everyone from England is upper-class and posh. Upper-class, posh, stuck-up, rich... Tory. And fashionable, apparently. Well, I'm Tory. Yeah. yeah, and well, that's just not the truth, is it? We're all scumbags. No, because everyone prefers the Brexit party now, don't they? <sighs> a recent poll this week uh, revealed that Grimsby and Cleethorpes is predicted to become a Brexit party constituency in the next general election. Oh, good. So moving on, then. Yeah, where are we off? I'm going to off to York, I think. Yeah, I've just fucking moved from there, Chris. <laughs> Well, you're coming back. <laughs> Got to continue the podcast. I, I need to save some pennies before I can move back to York. Christ. Yeah. Anyway, the film. Yeah. Oh, and as well, Annie has a butler, which is established at this point, called Martin. Yes. Who she's busy mates with, um, which I, to begin with, thought was the butler from Richie Rich, but it's not. Oh, okay. No, I, I did think that myself, yeah. Very similar acting, but it's not uh, the same people. Yeah. But, but yeah, you have they a have... whole secret handshake and everything. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Yeah. In a sort of... In a Freemason sort of way. <laughs> yeah. We're so posh, we've got our own conspiracies. We do, yes. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, we've established the characters, the main characters, and we've established that they look exactly the same. Mm. But uh, they've not met each other yet. No. A, a little note that I put at this point was that the incidental music sounded pretty much identical to the music we got from Heavyweights, another sort of te- uh, tween film from the 90s. It's all very stereotypical... Nice music. Yeah. Very very benign music. It is, it's just yeah. there. It's like a lukewarm cup of tea. Yeah. In music form. Functional. It'll stop you from dying <laughs> if it was a drink. It would it'll quench your thirst, but you won't enjoy it. Exactly, yes. <laughs> um and then we get the next scene is uh breakfast at the camp, uh, lots of motion. The boy is terrified because he's surrounded by girls. I bet this is gonna be a long one in store. No, no, wait, it's not. No. no, this is this is pretty much it for the the scared boy. Now, they could have cut this bit out, could have at least got back 19 se- seconds of it. Yeah, the only important bit from this whole scene is that they are st- the two Lilos are stood right next to each other in the line for the breakfast, and then one of the camp counsellors gets in between them, and yeah. so they don't meet. Yes. And it's like, I would, you know, just cut this whole scene. <laughs> you, um, you're running at two hours, it could be done without. I rec- Well, this is one of the very rare scenes where you actually get both with their faces in the same scene at the same time, or the same shot, I should say. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. I mean, it's very basic tricks. I thought uh, for a Disney film, they'd be a lot more elaborate, but here it's just basically basic compositions. So you've got the camp warden in the middle of splitting the screen. Then what you do, you film one bit with them, you green screen the other one in, and you have the basic, and then you shoot the background as well. You spice it all together. Nothing too sophisticated. It's not like the blight. Their bodies are blending over, anything like that. So yeah, I don't I, think we ever get to that stage. I suppose for a young 
audience in the 90s, it's kind of innovative or original to see this. So I suppose they keep it in as a sort of that establishing bit of these are definitely two different people. Yes. And they're stood in the same place. That's right. Yes, fair enough. We'll let them off. Yeah. Um, And then from there we go to fencing class or or activity. Yeah, Um, yeah, and uh, wouldn't you know it, they're wearing masks. So you... They don't know each other is each other, but also yeah. means you don't have to do much <laughs> editing. You can just have two random kids fencing. Yeah, you're just getting another kid with uh, red hair, and then jobs are good. And or just have some red hair sticking out the back. They yeah. don't even need to be red haired. Now, sometimes I'm a stickler for the rules, <laughs> but surely after they leave, like the initial patch of field that they're on, surely the Camp counsellors should be breaking up, as in saying, no, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're out of bounds. There's a clear boundary in fencing. Yeah, rather, you lose a point. Rather than staying on the mat, they literally, like, Zorro the place down. Yeah. Basically, like, jumping off barrels. Yeah, and... over fences, through <laughs> hay. I, I don't think that's regulation fencing, personally. Yeah, and it eventually ends up with... One of them. Hallie. <laughs> this is going to get so confusing. But... I am not keeping up with yeah, the names. but... but... Hallie the Californian girl, so we'll call her Callie Hallie. I thought you were going to say, like, Hallie the Alley Cat or something. Hallie the Cali Cat. <laughs> so Cali Cat... Um, Cali Cat. Cali Cat Lilo falls in um, a water butt and obviously loses. Um, for some reason, they coloured the water bright blue. I don't know if you noticed. I don't know why. <laughs> no, like proper like turquoise blue. Oh, I know, you know, antifreeze. Yeah. If, if they probably feel this in like the dead of December. They'll have had to do some editing because otherwise she, her going into that water in that white fencing outfit, she would actually come out blue if they weren't careful. Yeah. So, But yeah, um... And the note I put was, oh shit, because that's, it, it's going to be, my notes were pretty boring for this film, to be honest, so I, had, I tried to spice them up wherever I could, I, with I li- some profanity. Yeah, I, I literally wrote like one word sentences throughout here. I mean, it helps that I only watched this film this morning, so it's still ah, all, right. all like okay, fresh in my memory. Enough. I yeah. watched this weeks ago, so. You're right. Um, but Hallie is Hallie Callie is uh, a real sore loser and gets really sassy about it and yeah. uh, gives Annie a read basically. Yeah, she like shakes her down, tells her what's what, and Annie is fuming. But that's the end of the scene. So tough. I, I've I've always said you know they've actually seen each other's faces now. The mask, yes. the mask, the mask go off. They and finally I, know who each other yeah, is. Yeah, and it's uncanny Annie because they both look the same. And then from here, they both go decide that they're gonna take each other on at poker yep. so that um, Annie. London girl, what can we call her? London, I don't know. Her. That one. That one. <laughs> Burberry. That one. Silver one. Yeah. Um, she wants to, thinks she can win at poker, and they make the wager that whichever one of them loses has to jump into the lake naked, and this time... One of them wins. I, I think yeah, it's... the English one wins. The English one wins this one, yeah. So then the Callie... The Hallie, Hallie Callie Cat. No, I think it's the other way around because uh, her friends help steal her clothes as so she's going skinny dipping. Someone steals her clothes, yeah, but I do yeah. think so it's... I, I, think Annie... it, I think it's one or. I think the London one has lost and she gets her clothes nicked. You see, it's bad that you only watched it today and between us we're arguing over who won. Yeah. <laughs> like... Lindsay Lohan won. One of and them... lost. <laughs> Which is all that matters, yeah. Um, and this kind of starts a prank war, which we see a bit of a montage of. We see one camp putting the other camp's beds all on their bunk roof. Yeah. Um, then... See, that was definitely the one from London. 
Yeah. I don't know how, how she got it up there because the butler's no, long gone. It but was, I don't know how they even got the beds out of the room. Like, maybe she's secretly hench. Just maybe. Just like them above her shoulders, yeah. <laughs> the prank war escalates pretty quickly because from there we go straight to the other bunk, goes in, covers them in shaving foam while they sleep, covers them in honey and syrup. Puts um, webbing everywhere. Puts big vats of chocolate syrup everywhere. But then it turns out in the next morning there's a surprise inspection. Of course there is. Um, so the camp counsellors end up triggering them, and so they end up covered in chocolate, and then feathers fall from the fan above. Yeah. Um, good kind of messy sort of slapstick going on. It, it was, is. It was all right. Yeah, it, it was fine. It was quite an escalation, as we said, from what happened before. But What I liked about this so far was there was a... Obviously, we're going to do a bit of comparisons to heavyweights because we've watched two films set in camp so close yep. together. But honestly, like... I felt like the characterization in this was doing better so far. Like I felt like they were well-rounded characters at play. Yeah, which I, mean, I think here they've only got two people to concentrate on. To yeah, with. to be fair. Yeah. Whereas with heavyweights, you obviously had um, a lot of characters. Yeah, yeah, you had what's his face, Jesse's in, in name character. Then you had like yeah. about seven or eight other people trying to establish was here. Everyone else is firmly in the background, and it's like, we're not going to stay with these people, therefore, we're not going to do much with them. Which is the right choice, I think. Yeah, yeah, it was an interesting difference between the two. Yeah. Um, And then Hallie and and Annie both get marched off to an isolation cabin. For uh, being naughty. For being naughty to work it out. And uh, so he, uh, as for like, after a bit of grumbling and apparently days on end of being on their own. Yeah, they they uh, sort of chat shit to each other. yeah, yeah. But they soon establish, oh my god, we have the same birthday. Oh my god, there's a photo. And then finally, yeah, no shit, they're actually twins. Yeah, the note that I put at this was, why didn't either of them try and figure out why they looked identical before now? Like, Just it, a coincidence. Yeah, they just don't seem too bothered that someone looks exactly like them. Yeah. Like, it's not a revelation. They don't care until they talk it out in isolation camp. Speaking of coincidences, so where's this camp set? Where is it based? I haven't a clue. Why? It is in America, isn't it? Somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. Oh, I think it's it's not in California because I think both of them travelled quite away. It might be on the um, East, East Coast. Coast. Yeah. I, so, I still don't understand why a girl from London has gone all the way to America for a bog-standard camp. Well, you say that, Chris, but... I was thinking the same. The closest thing that you can get over in England is PGL. Yeah! Which is great, but you don't stay for six weeks. I think it was eight weeks. It's an absurd amount of time. Really? It was eight weeks for this one, yeah. You've been to PGL for eight weeks? No, no, sorry, I'm about film. Oh, right, no, no. sorry. But I'll say, yeah. no, it was five days for us. But no. what I mean is, um, in America, they tend to do it for the whole of the summer, whereas yeah. in England, you probably go for a weekend or you go for two days during school just to avoid having to do any lessons. Mm. So I honestly think, I, I can understand why, like, if you were as rich as these characters are, and if what that kid really wanted to do was go to a... American summer camp, her mum definitely has the money for her to do it. Mm. And I suppose if it's on the East Coast, it would be the closest one. Okay. But I know what you mean. Like, it was a bit weird. Why would this kid go all the way to America to go to camp? But to be fair, you can't do that over here. No. And it is... When I've seen films like this as a kid, I have been a bit jealous. Because 
obviously PGL, been a couple of times as a kid, really enjoyed it, mm. and did wish that like we could do it for the whole of a summer holiday one time, but you can only go for like a few days at a time. And it's I, bloody expensive, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so. yeah I, I don't wish that. I was bored by day four. <clears throat> I would love to know how much a summer camp actually costs for the summer to send a kid to. You're talking good four figures, easily. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which is mental that so many kids are able to go, because it's... Just get a really shit tack for a teenager to babysit for eight weeks. be a lot cheaper. If you were a posh child and in America and have been to camp, let us know how much it costs. Yeah. Or if your posh children have been to uh, camp, let us know. Tweet us, at without a mouse. You bourgeois pigs. <laughs> <laughs> we're never going to have any listeners at this point. No, we're not. I think we've offended just about everyone. Or if we didn't, the films did. Yes. <laughs> so, they... Eventually decide, or, or they come to a revelation that uh, they've been split up. Yeah. So, like, the dad lives in California, the mum lives in London, and they think, I know, we'll swap places just to see how the other half live. Yeah. There's a there's this really funny bit when they're figuring out where that they're both uh, siblings, where they have the moment where it turns out they've both got half of a picture that's been torn in half, so they've both got... This is a massive cliche. Yeah, so... It's not the... like a love heart locket, isn't it? Yeah. Well, no, this is the thing. There is a love heart locket as well, mm. which at this point seems redundant, which was the, what I was going to say. Yeah. Like, they've got this photograph of their parents, which is split in half, when one of them has one half and one of them has the other half, and they have the whole bit of putting them together, and then literally five minutes later, it turns out they both have a locket with each other's initial in, which goes together. And it's like, we didn't need this bit. Yeah. We, we need to, come on, we need to cut some shit out. This film is too long. Because <laughs> we're already, what, about 40 minutes in? Yeah, yeah, for a for an establishing section of a film. Yeah. For a act one, it's quite long. It is, yeah. Um, so, after a bit of changing up of appearances and such, an ear piercing, etc., uh, we finally get our swap. So, Annie goes to California and Hallie goes to London. I think yep. I've got that right way around. And they both do a good job of pretending to be each other because, of course, they are. It's the same actress, so she, yeah. she can do it perfectly. <laughs> Apart from uh, an English accent, but never mind. She's a young kid, can't really. But but again, him. she's doing the same English accent that any grown American does, to was, be fair. I was going to say, it's as bad as all the adults, therefore it's actually pretty okay. It's very like this. It's um, very, very posh and yeah. a little bit little bit cockney, and um, let's all go and play poker and do some fencing. <laughs> Fucking hate it. Yeah, I do. So, we go to London first, and yep. it's all incredibly Notting Hill, isn't it? Uh, yes, which probably came out a few years before this as well. Uh, yeah, it would have done. Yeah, a couple think, of years, I is think it? Notting Hill was 97 as well. 96, 97, yeah. yeah. So, um, it's all very uh, nice white properties, isn't it? Big, big... Townhouses. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how much those properties would be to buy. In the a, millions. In the millions, got to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's like literally like central London. No, probably the actual city of London, right, which is like a mile square. You know, yeah. You're probably living there. In London town. Yep. And her mum's a big fashion designer, blah, blah, blah. Really. Oh, I've just realised the note before we actually get to London. Um, one of them has 
pierced ears and the other doesn't. So yeah. they have to do the whole thing of um, piercing their own ears and yeah. with the, like a needle and ice on the ears and all of this. And as I was watching it, I was like, oh, this is very Grease because this happens in the musical. Mm. And then it cuts straight to Last Day of Camp and there's a big banner for the uh, musical that they've just done, which was Grease, yeah. which then comes down. So I was like, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I like- that is very good, actually, yeah. I, I really liked it because obviously... The scene before wasn't blatant with its grease, but it was like, it put it in my mind and then instantly, yeah, I was like, yeah, good, good. <laughs> I, g- I gave a little clap at that bit <laughs> to myself in my room all alone. <laughs> at least I hope that's clapping. So, yeah, the, the London stuff is there. And then in California. Well, one thing that Kirsty said as well before we get out of London, which was kind of true, um, she quite liked the way the section in London is quite long. Rather than cutting from London to California to London to California, they take the time to really um, establish London and the characters before they then go to California. I I agree agree with that, yeah. They did a decent job because it would have been so easy just to do two-minute skits in there. Which is what a, a, a worse film would have done. Yeah, whereas I think we spend a good 10, 15 minutes here. Yeah. Before moving on. And okay, at the end of the day, it's just sort of establishing and you could probably whittle it down slightly, but it does fine. And and it shows as well Halley basically realising, you know, this is the good life here. I also, in London, I really liked the set design um, of the interior of the house. And it's a very specific thing that I liked, which was that it did look very lived in and a real place. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, just because from personal experience, I've got a friend from uni whose parents are quite well off. They've got a big, nice pile out in the sticks in Oxfordshire, which we've visited multiple times. And what I've always liked about them as a family is, although they are very um, comfortable and wealthy, you go into their house and it looks like a person's lived there. Like They've got lots of personal items about rather mm. than like nice things as such. And uh, seeing this house in this scene really reminded me of their house yeah you you could so it doesn't look like a harvard showroom or what i imagine a harvard showroom looked like i've got no idea yeah exactly it's not it's not um an ikea room with bare walls and shit it really felt like a lived-in house which which sold it up to me then we go to california to the uh, vineyard yeah and oh no Dad's got a girlfriend. Yep, called Meredith. Yeah. Doesn't rhyme with Hallie, so that's good. That's one thing at least. And she ain't nothing but a gold digger. I'm not going to say it next time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so her dad's um, assistant, nanny, whatever you want to call her, Chessie. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> Uh, he's describing how Meredith's um, been more than just a personal advisor to her dad, how he's got her hands all over him. Yeah. Uh, and apparently these days they ride together. I bet they do. <laughs> oh, very nice. Yeah. But yeah, they, they are definitely an item. Yeah. Um, and Hallie picks this up pretty quickly. And there's a brilliant scene uh, between just Meredith and Hallie where she basically tries to make out that her dad's a slag just to piss her off. <laughs> yeah, this is slut shaming. <laughs> yeah, basically like, oh yeah, my dad does this all the time so uh, don't get too comfortable. Yeah, like, you're the 29th. That was it, yeah, yeah, yeah. 29th in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was pretty funny. Yeah, and my favourite bit about this scene was the extremely 90s lingo. I'm going to give you the 411. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've not heard that in fucking years. Yeah, that's very good. 
then uh, oh. Hallie, Hallie has to ring Annie in an emergency, basically, to say, and this is set, finally, it kind of sets up the end game for the film, which yeah. is we're going to get our parents back together, because otherwise he's going to end up with Meredith. Yes, exactly. And this is a good hour into the film. It is, point. yeah. So your act one is kind of very long. <laughs> yeah, very elongated. And <clears throat> so... She's panicking, but Hallie in London is like, "Oh no, it'll be fine," because it's quite clear that she's enjoying herself in yeah, London. Yeah, she she's got it cushy, so yeah, yeah. So she fucks her off, and then um, her granddad and mum uh, spot her in the cupboard and ask her like what she's doing because she, that's where she was hiding with the phone, and she says, "Oh, it's all the rage in California to." Uh, Take telephone calls from the closet. I was like, "Fuck off! You don't say closet in England." You don't that know. should have been a red flag right there. Yeah. No, nobody in England knows what a closet is. It's a bloody cupboard. Oh, in London, it's a third bedroom. <laughs> it's Harry Potter's digs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So Chessie is Chessie. Uh, <laughs> it's suspicious of um, Hallie. I'm suspicious of her name. Uh, of uh, pretty pretty straight away yeah because like the dog's not like welcoming yeah to her, to her or anything like that and she's like hang on a minute what's going on here then? But every other adult in this film is dumb as fuck so they no- don't notice at all yeah and um, she's got a dumb as fuck name so it all bounces itself out quite nicely and we get a, a shot of Meredith on her own basically saying that she's planning to send Hallie to boarding school once she gets in with dad so. yeah I, I think it needed this, in all fairness, because so far, Annie is just being really awkward towards the new yeah. stepmom. Whereas at least here, it needed that sort of classic Disney villainy. I'm going to send her to boarding school. <laughs> what just Merid- to fully establish, you know, what she is. What Meredith is doing here is giving the audience the 411. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> The question is, what's a 611? Well, I was going to say, is that technically the 412 if it came after the 411? It did, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, give us a 413. (laughs) The 413. So, Hallie Annie goes horseback riding with Dad, Mm. um, and he asks her if she's ready for camping. So she decides to ride the horse away. Well, apparently, um, her and her dad go camping just before they go to school every year. And I was like, where the fuck has she just been for eight weeks? I was just thinking this. It's just, hang on a minute, so why couldn't you just done an eight-week thing of your own? Do you think they got kicked... No, they didn't get kicked out of camp because we see everybody going home, don't we? No, no, but I'll tell you, it was just an isolation cabin because I thought, to be fair, when they were told to pack their bags... In camp, I thought we were going to get kicked out early, which is how it facilitates everything else in the film. But no, yeah. they do the full eight weeks. Mm. Apparently, there's another like two weeks before term time. Like, fucking hell, how long are these kids yeah. on holiday for? Americans, sort it out. No wonder your kids are thick. You don't take them well, same, to school. I was well, saying that. Apparently, London kids have shitloads of holiday as well. Really? Well, yeah, because uh, oh, the thing oh, is yeah, up as well. That's yeah. true. Yeah. No, you're lucky if you get six weeks over here. So, calm it. Too long, in my opinion. Only because they're like... I've, Supper with a kids club at work all summer. I've oh, got right. that starting next week. <laughs> when you were a kid, it you wouldn't have wanted less. Yeah, but you know, yeah. fuck them. Yeah. So um, Jessie finally gets it. She realizes that she's got they've got the wrong kid. Sorry, not Jessie, Chessie. Chessie, bless you. Thank um, you. <laughs> and then, uh... <laughs> yeah. So she realizes it's the other twin. And she has a full blown mental breakdown in front of her employer. <laughs> and then, and again. <laughs> Chessie is having this full metal breakdown and nobody seems too bothered about it. No. Yeah, whatever. Um, then. Dad probably just thinking, oh, it's that time of the month, is it? Uh. <laughs> Dad, is, Dad is really, really, really 
Well, what I've written here is that he's a hot, stupid idiot. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so uh, all the women seem to think he's amazing, but um, he just has no personality. He's he's thick, sh- he's thick as fuck. Yeah, he's shown to not be very clever at all. Um, but apparently he's he's the main crux of the plot and everyone wants to shag him. Yes, nice, sir. Yeah. Meredith and Hallie have a little spat while sat on a bench um, where Meredith reveals that the wedding is in two weeks. So shit, we've got to get our move on. Or, did did uh, we even get engaged? Because um, he must even... already have been engaged at when. Yeah, but uh, that doesn't said that yet. Because he's stupid. Maybe he doesn't know he's engaged. Okay. <laughs> he just like woke up with a ring one morning. And thought, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. So we go over to dinner in London. Uh, second Gilmore Girls reference of the day. Their living room just uh, their dining room just really looked like the Gilmore's dining room. Fair enough. If you've watched Gilmore Girls, you no, know what I'm on about. Never but... seen it. Honestly, Chris, you've got to see it. It's so good. I've been told this time and time again. I have a Will Tapley original t-shirt with Gilmore Girls on it. I've seen it. It's, it's brilliant. It's really good, yeah. I would have bought one, but I, I didn't know the reference. So it's just like... It's um, a... Oops, for, for the listeners, I've got this t-shirt that my friend designed, and it's an upside-down cross, an inverted cross. Um, and then in like medieval text, it just says Gilmore Girls on it. So it's just like, like a metal cover. Basically, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is obviously hilarious because it's the least metal kind of show on telly ever. Um, but I realised the other day um, I wore it for some drama workshops I was doing in a church. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, no one from the church actually was in the room at the time. But um, didn't, my friend sent me a picture of me wearing it in the church, and then I hadn't realised that I'd done it. <laughs> but yeah, then yeah, so they're having dinner in London. Annie is tasting the wine and knows all these facts about them because uh, what we haven't mentioned is in California. They live on a wine. Uh, oh yeah, of course. They live in a vineyard. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, I didn't get that bit. Really? No, I mean I, I got it now, but I, I got why she oh, knew right. about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like duh. <laughs> um, but obviously, in real life, Annie doesn't know about wine, so everyone's a bit shocked. Um, and she gets a nine one one, not a four one one, a nine one one. Yep. From Hallie about the wedding. Um, Annoyingly, but it's a non-emergency, so she just uh, one 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 instead. Yeah, and they do it as a collect call. Hallie rings. No, Annie rings Hallie from a London phone box and says a collect call to California. And I'm sorry, but collect. I don't think collect calls are a thing over here. They I are. think that's an. Is it? Yeah, yeah they, oh. they were. Cause I had to do it once. In all fairness, I can't remember why now. I, I think I just ran out of money and I got lost. Oh right. Um, so, I've, never, so can... I've never heard of it. I've always only ever heard of collect calls in an American film, so I assumed. Yeah, well, I say back when there was a shitload of BT boxes about, obviously they're hardly around anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you could do it. You just uh, reverse the charge, basically. Yeah. Um, but in order to do it to American London, she'd have to have a fistful of pound coins on her, because fucking hell. Yeah, it would be a, a very expensive call. Yeah. Um, but then Grandad has followed her to the phone box, so Grandad now knows that they're not who they say they are. Grandad should mind his own fucking business. <laughs> they kind of set Grandad up as supposedly like this brilliant character, and then when he's actually in the film, he's barely in it. He's Yeah, he's in it for two scenes. He's a character that could easily have just been trimmed out because he he doesn't serve a purpose beyond what the butler does as well. No, the two I've, could have been rolled into one. I reckon so. Yeah, I, I don't know why it wasn't the butler that found out. Then caused her to tell mum about what was going on. Yeah, because in the camp before they get to London, there's lots of references to Grandad. Yeah, as if he's going to be really important, and then he just is in like two scenes. I reckon he was edited out. A yeah, lot probably of, must have been. Yeah. 
Or he's a famous actor that I should have known and recognised, maybe. I don't know. Nope. It was, the, it was the only one that had a believable English accent, so maybe he was someone famous. I don't know. But yeah, um, then there's a scene with mum in bed where Annie comes in and explains everything, and Martin the butler starts bawling. Which um, <laughs> is quite funny, all first. And I had to have a look at... This is when I was looking up Martin to see if he was the butler from Richie Rich, and while he wasn't, he did play five characters in your favourite show, The Bill. Nice. I thought I recognised him. <laughs> so there you go. There's uh... fantastic. I have to find those. I'm going to have a marathon now. Yeah. So um, if you can find, if you can do like the most obscure viral video ever of shots of the bill interspersed with the parent trap, <laughs> that might be a good one actually. Yeah, I'm, I'm not doing it for views anymore. I might just do my own thing for this'll, a laugh. This will be the best way of finding out how many listeners we actually have because the only people that would actually like or retweet would be people that have listened to this. Yeah. And and people that, well, actually, people that listened to this and found it funny enough to retweet. So, <laughs> I'm just I'm just trying to figure out if there is an actual parent trap Twitter that we've not tapped into yet, like a parent trap. The parent tweet, Bill. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure there will be somewhere. Yeah, I, I need to do more Bill posting anyway. I might change my um, personal handle to like parent trap one nine five. No, parent trap four one one. Yeah, I'm doing it. Brilliant. If there isn't like a fan club, I'm starting one. Let me just. I'm going to see if that username's available while, while oh, we brilliant. talk. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I shall let you know because obviously this goes out well before anyone can. Uh, you'll have changed it well before anyone can listen to it and steal your idea. <laughs> so, I mean, settings privacy accounts username. Is a username like Parent Trap Four One One likely to be then people suspicious that I'm some kind of nonce? Probably, yeah. <laughs> It's available. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> right, there we go then, guys. If you want to um, chat with me directly, you can on Twitter at ParentTrap411, as of right now. Fantastic. <laughs> so, yeah, we're off back to California. Hooray. Um, the whole family, the whole English crew is coming along for the ride. Um, so, this bit I don't get. There's a bit of a sight gag here with Martin. Suddenly wearing what what looks like chaps, and it's like a leather jacket and all that lot. Really, I missed this bit. Yeah, so he's to blend in, so he's dressed like that instead. But yet he was in America before in full yeah, butler mode. That's very true. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. He blends in as well as the English characters blending in real life England <laughs> yeah, in their stupid true. in their over the top outfits. Yeah, that should also note here that. The mum suddenly goes full blown Jennifer Saunders in absolutely fabulous, uh, and gets pissed, and gets absolutely pissed, and doesn't know what she's doing on whatsoever. Yeah, which it comes out of the blue. So yeah, they're at a posh hotel, aren't they? Um, yes. And it turns out that um, Dad and Meredith are there to celebrate their engagement as yeah, well. So with the in-laws. So we've managed a very contrived, sorry, Rob, way of getting <laughs> everybody um, into one hotel at the same time. He does listen, you know. So does he? Hello. He never bloody references our episodes on Twitter or anything. Let's catch him out, Rob. If you li- if you're listening, holla, <laughs> <laughs> holla at Parent Trap four one one. I think we should like give him a secret word that he should tweet out. Nonce. No. How about? I, th- I think he should just tweet us the four one one. Yeah. <laughs> if anybody is out there, please just tweet us the four one one. Anybody. 
Or the uh, one for, one for, that's one for me and one for my homers. <laughs> or if you're in Britain, dial 444. So yeah, um, we're at this posh hotel. Dad has no idea what's going on as usual. Mum's pissed. Um, Dad's fingering M- Meredith in the lift. Do what now? And he sees Mam in the hallway and gets very confused. Yeah. Uh, Mam's angry because she realizes that he doesn't know that yeah. they come in. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh yeah, it was set up as though he knew every, all the arrangements. Yeah. yeah, and then Martin and Chessie, bless me, um, meet each other and instantly fancy each other from the start. So if um, they get married, do you think like one will take the other name so he's going to be suddenly called Chartin? What? Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> that sounds like a... Oh. That sounds mm. like a, t- uh, a high-end toilet paper. <laughs> it does, yeah. Or the other alternative, of course, is Messi. Yeah, let's go Chartin and Messi. Yeah. That sounds like a footballer. <laughs> Messi's actually a footballer. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> we get this really... Um, one line is, Dad's getting married to Cruella de Vil. And then this d- fucking joke does not get dropped for the rest of the film. No. And it doesn't get improved on. They just say Cruella, Cruella. de Vil all, over and over and over again because obviously Disney owns the rights to that name. Yeah, I think the writer on page 98 of Final Draft Court of the Joker was really proud of himself, but could be asked to go back and make it a running gag. Right, wait a minute. When did the live-action 101 Dalmatians come out? I think it was about the same time. Um, I, I want to say that was 96. It was 1996. Yeah, yeah. I... Um, I'm sure we saw it as a school trip to the cinema that so this, that Christmas. So this will be one of those, one of Michael Eisner's famous uh, cross-promotional yeah. synergy moments. <laughs> Synergetic. Where... I think the sequel came out about 99 as well. So... Yeah, so it was probably trying to get people to think about the 101 Dalmatians again. Yep. Um, they do the switcheroo on Dad in the lobby is what I've written, and I can't remember how they do this or why. Oh, it's they're both there, aren't they? Yes. So he doesn't know which kid's which, and he's getting very confused. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but again, still doesn't cotton on that it could be the two kids. I mean, he's he's just whole, a fucking whole, idiot. Yeah, I mean, this whole bit with <clears throat> all the different moving parts through doors and such, it's incredibly Scooby-Doo, I thought. Mm. It was fine in terms of causing confusion, but yeah. It was like a classic uh, British farce play for a stage show. Yeah. Where, you, you know, where it's set in a living womb with like seven dollars into it. Did you say living womb? A living womb. Sorry, <laughs> living room. Yeah, where there's like seven doors in, which obviously everyone has in their house is seven doors into their living room. Of course. Just so that people can walk in and out of them for comic yep. effect. I fucking hate plays. <laughs> I did, did you do drama? Yeah. <laughs> I, did, I did drama, but I hate plays. Like, actual plays. Fair enough. I know what I mean. I know what I like. Sure. I did a film degree. I don't even fucking like films. <laughs> if, if you didn't like films, this is exactly why you would join this podcast. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, uh, Meredith and uh, their mum meet at a bar by pure happenstance. Yep. And uh, Meredith recognises who she is because she's like a famous fashion designer and uh, she agrees to like, do her dress for her for a wedding. But obviously, yep. like... They have no idea who the other one is in yeah. relation to like the kids or anything like that. Yeah, and Dad's searching high and low for Mam because he knows he's positively seen her. Yeah, um, and in the process, just falls in a pool. Yeah, I, I wrote it... down Chekhov's pool. Now, can you, dear listeners, uh, tweeting at Parent Trap four one one? 
let us know of any instances where there's a pool in the film and nobody falls in it. Ah, I see what you mean. Mm. Yeah, because you don't write in a pool without someone falling in. Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and the jig is up, basically. Everyone's in the same space. He knows that the kids are who they are. And I put that, I'm so bored of people doing double takes whenever they see the kids just like, <laughs> like, it happens too often. I'm seeing double, for Lindsay Lohans. <laughs> yeah. Um, why hasn't at least one adult been mad at the kids as well for having done this? Yeah. They've, they've had to spend, well, the mum has had to spend thousands of dollars um, oh, to she get... Oh, can, she can afford it. I know she can, but to get them back together. At no point in this film does anyone have any, like, discipline to the children for being dickheads. But... Those for the isolation cabin, but that did fuck all good, did it? Yeah, but, yeah, the parents themselves don't oh, do anything. yeah, they're so wet. And as well, why are the kids never mad at the parents for not ever telling them that they had a sibling? Like, they've lived 11 years of their life thinking they were an only child and both their parents have lied to them and they're not bothered. It's a slight plot hole, but I think for the tone of a film, they probably had it in there, but then they thought, nah, we better take it out. Yeah. That's all, that's all I can think. <laughs> maybe, this isn't maybe, this is, maybe this is the scene that was cut out of Grandad, was maybe he absolutely flipped his lid yeah. and told everybody off and he's been cut out. Maybe he's like really old school uh, religious conservative. Like this is what happens when you have sex outside of marriage. <laughs> he got out you have his... these two sinners born into this world. He got out his cane and started like slapping people about, and yeah. then he had to cut it out. Yeah. <laughs> that um, wasn't even in the script. He just started doing that anyway. Yeah, and then the kids forced the parents to go on a date night. Yes, which they just again just seem to agree to. They, pre- they, they act, do. They act like they didn't know it was happening, but. It, they clearly did. They clearly did. Yeah. Um, they, so they try and recreate the scene from the boat. Yeah, so they have the night on the boat. What the fuck is Dad's fiance doing during this whole scene where they just... Scheming. Clearly, yeah. yeah. So she's walking around, I don't know. Since she's called Cruella, she's probably like collecting loads of dogs for a wedding outfit. <laughs> one little thing that I did notice from this scene was um, one of the paintings on board the boat was um, from in the lobby of the hotel. So they obviously needed to decorate the boat last minute <laughs> and just threw some shit that they'd got from the hotel set into it. Right. Which was pretty funny. Um, there was Yeah, it was this picture of a boat. It was in the hallway and then they just whipped it off the wall and Yoink. stuck it in the boat. Yeah. Um, so, Chessie, bless me, and Martin uh, were serving the parents. Um, and whilst they're serving the parents, they're also getting cosy on their own in the kitchen. Yeah. Which is naughty. I mean, and uh, this scene, I think we finally established why they split them up in the first place. Which was apparently they had an argument over a hairdryer. I, I mean, I think it was more of an accumulation of things, <laughs> yeah. and but a hairdryer what... was thrown yeah. in the instance. Uh, but here they establish: well, we knew it was going to be difficult having this long-term uh, or long-distance custody. Therefore, we just split them up. Yeah, which I don't think is the best thing to do. In all fairness, not really. Not fair to the kids. I'd be interested to find out how legal it is. I'm assuming it probably is legal. But... Oh yeah, I mean this. I mean, this is the thing, they weren't even... If they weren't married, they wouldn't have been properly divorced. Therefore, this is just an informal arrangement they've come to. I mean, I don't think legally you have to have a mum and a dad. I think if it, one of them decides to move one and one moves to the other while the kids are young enough, I don't think there's any actual legal issue there to mm. be had. Very uncommon, though, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're checking out of the hotel the next day, and they're sort of trying to work out that the kids will spend holidays together... Um, 
and the girls turn up dressed identically so that they cannot be split up yeah because the parents can't tell which one's which and they keep Thinking they can, but they can't. Yeah. And so their their plan is for all four of them to go camping for the holiday. And again, obviously, this is sounding like they're going to... The plan is to try and get them to fall in love again. Yeah. That's the camping. Which, I'm sorry, but no two people have ever fallen in love camping, I I would believe. I would happily... I know. I imagine there's been a lot of people who've had a quick rummage at Leeds Festival. That's different. That's not proper camping. <laughs> and it's not love. <laughs> it was at the time, damn it. <laughs> Can you shag in a tent when you know that your two kids are like in the very next tent and can hear everything? I'm sure it's been done. But then again, they probably don't realise how noisy they've been and how these tents just have no sound insulation whatsoever. And then the two kids wake up the next day wishing that they'd never got their parents back together. Yeah. <laughs> they wish a bear had appeared and mauled them to death. Yeah. So, um, But this isn't going to happen because... A bit of a swerve. Um, Meredith wants to come along, yep. or is persuaded to come along, and then Mum just decides, oh no, I'm not going to bother. Bye! I'm, I'm going to stay in your house while you go away for a while. Yeah. Like, okay, fine. Right? Um, and we cut straight to a scene of them all on climbing some rocks. Yeah. Um, and this is the main scene that I remember from being a kid. Same here. Yeah. 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 I think this was trailed a lot on the Disney Channel back in the day. Yeah, it probably was. I had it. I had the parent trap recorded off the Disney Channel. Yeah. Um, and oh, bear in mind here as well, we're about 17 minutes towards the end of the film. Yeah, it's very close to the end of the film to be then setting up a new location and yeah. going off on an adventure. So it does suddenly wrap up pretty quick, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. So, I mean, the scene I take it you're, you remember is with the lizard yeah. in, in the hair. So, yeah, um, the kids are being evil to Meredith, stick a lizard in her hair, um, which then ends up in her mouth. Mm. Um, Meredith threatens them but dad doesn't hear Um, and then in the night they prank Meredith again by (laughs) drowning her essentially (laughs) so this is attempted murder yeah they um, take her airbed out while she's still asleep on it and put it out on the lake I mean, um, there's a Disney film I want to see where they do that, then they don't realise how strong the streams are so she drowns and then it's the whole fallout from that yeah that end up in like juvenile detention for ten years, something like that. And then in the morning, she's screaming, and Dad runs out of a tent, and he goes, "Oh man!" <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought, yeah, that's the most nineties uh, sort of kids' film reaction a dad could make, isn't yeah. it? Because well, he... really, it would be fucking hell, yeah, <laughs> or something like that. And Meredith gives him an ultimatum. It gives, gives him the seven one one, <laughs> yeah, which is it's it's either me or them, and of course, Dad picks them. He... Just to, I mean, I think quite rightly as well, there's no hesitation. He's not thinking, mm, mm, mm. Because she spells out, yeah, as soon as we're married, I'm cutting them off to Switzerland boarding school. Yeah. And, but without thinking, he says them, which, you know, quite right in all fairness. Finally, finally Dad does a good. Yes. And then, yeah, it's... um. And that's it for Meredith. She's gone. We don't see yeah, her again. Yeah, we never see her again. We end up back home. I assume that they must have left Meredith in the wilderness somewhere to die, because yeah. we never see her. Um, she doesn't come back with them. Chessie and Martin have fucked off to, um, well, fuck, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> like, they've gone. And Dad, obviously, being the idiot that he is, he's like, well, now my fiancé's gone. I might as well get with my baby mama. Like, mm. Despite them having all these talks about how they're never going to uh, work out, yeah. he, he then is like, well... I've got to be with somebody. Yeah. I mean, they have a talk, then it turns out, nah, it's not going to happen. So Right, here we go. Here we go, Chris. They were married, defo, plot point. Right, okay. Because they go to their his wine collection, mm-hmm. and 
in the collection, he has bottles of wine from their wedding, which he has kept. Yes, you are correct. Which was from the QE2. How long were they married for? So they, regardless of how long they were married for, they married very quickly because they met and married on the same cruise. What sort of cruise is this? (laughs) What was it like? Of the wedding section or something like that? Must have been. What is it like? Did we get a bit of Las Vegas and ship it on there? I mean, what's going on? This is it. Yeah, you see, I was, for the whole film, I was unsure whether they had got, if they were married previously and if it was on the QE2. Mm. And it's not till the very end of the film when they confirm it. It's very weird. I think the timeline here is <clears> a bit <throat> skewed somewhat and a bit rushed. I think they didn't want to have too many years pass because... Obviously, then you have to age the actors and everything like that. Yeah. So, they've gone for the shortest amount of time possible, which is literally the age of Lindsay Lohan, 11 yeah. plus nine months. Yeah. Whereas they probably should have gone, it would have made more sense if they'd gone like 13 years or so. So, yeah. at least like a short but fruitful marriage, shall we say. Yeah. Um, and then basically, mum, he, he says that, he, you know, him and mum should get together and mum's backing away and saying no, even though they nearly uh, kissed. Um, and I, the note I put was like, come on, love, it's too late in the film for this. Like, yeah, there's literally five minutes left, go on. And then there's like torrential rain, which again, my note then was, does it even rain in California that much? I suppose uh, if Occasionally. It, occasionally, yeah. And so her and British Lilo are on the way back to Britain, so they go to the airport and they're beaten home in England by Hallie and Dad. Mm. So despite mum saying no, Dad rushes across the... Earth to the point he makes is, oh, I'll let you go once. After the hairdryer argument, he like let her leave. He didn't go after her. That's the point we made during that conversation. So this time he's going, oh no, I didn't want to let you go. Therefore, I let you go. And then I rushed to get you. Yeah, literally the other side of the Atlantic. It's that really awkward thing in this sort of in the current climate where the woman apparently wants these things but keeps leaving. Yeah. But at the same time, the man doesn't take her answers. She, he doesn't accept when she says no. But apparently she didn't want to say no. Mm. So it's all very confusing and very, very 90s love story. Yeah. No means yes. Every, it's very nice. Thing, it's yeah. very, very typical in that the man knows what the woman actually wants, even though the woman doesn't know what the man, what the woman wants. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which is awkward to watch these days, I find. Um, I don't think awkward's the right word. It's very of its time. Yeah. And I think you have to come with a knowledge of that there's been like, almost a hundred years of a cinema where the sexual politics are this way and you're yeah. sort of accepting of it in a way because otherwise you'd be unable to enjoy most films in all fairness um, yeah and then they finally smooch and it's made very clear that mum is happy yeah so, and, and then we get married again yeah we get remarried on the QE2 um, and over the credits we get lots of photos yeah and I think uh, Martin proposes to Chessie as bless well bless you thank you um, yeah he does yeah yeah so, double wedding. And that is The Parent Trap. Yeah. Oh, two hours seven, was it? Was yeah, it? just literally just over two hours, yeah, isn't yeah. it? What do you think then, Chris? It was perfectly fine. It was long. It felt long. There's not many bits you could have cut out because you get the feeling they already had done with, like, the grandfather... Um, 
hardly been there despite being built up and like Halley's two friends from camp suddenly disappearing and, and stuff like that. It was very inoffensive, very bland. It was just there. It's one of those where I didn't hate or anything like that, but it's not something I got my way to watch again. But there was technically nothing wrong with it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So. I'm kind of in the same boat. Um, I really loved this as a kid. It was one that I watched quite regularly on VHS. I was quite surprised in how long the film was because, you know, as a, as a kid, when you have a shorter attention span, I'm surprised yeah. that I was able to keep my interest as long as I was doing mm. because as an adult, I found it quite difficult yeah. to watch. But again, all the parts that make up this film work, mm. it's kind of functional in the same way that Heavyweights was, but almost in opposite ways, yeah. kind of. I was trying to think if there were ways that you could cut down the runtime considerably, and I'm, there were a couple of things that I did think of. Yeah. Just to make a quick point before I think about it, so if I did see some Disney Channel, they usually had a two-hour slot between 7 and 9 for their films. So they so might have cut it they, down. They would have had to have cut somewhere out, so I'm interested to see where you would have done it, because I suspect they may have done, done this anyway. The bits that I thought... The ways you could cut it down... First of all, the two girls could um, figure out that their siblings are a lot quicker. Yeah. I so think... you could have maybe had, you know, from the reveal at fencing, maybe they could have started piecing things together from there rather than falling out. Yeah. Um, but obviously at the same time, the most sort of fun and sort of slapstick elements, the quite, the more childlike elements are all at, at camp. So yeah. it would, it would be a lesser film, I think, for cutting that bit down. Um, but then another way you could cut it down, what if Hallie already knew that Meredith was going to marry her dad when they got to camp? Mm, I think that would have been a lot better. But Because we have that, to go back to California, meet Meredith, we need to figure all this out, yeah. to then learn that we need to speed things up. And if, if we just went in, because there's this whole section where Hallie and Annie are describing their lives to the other girl so that they can become that girl so it it wouldn't have been much more difficult to have had a picture of Meredith and say you know this is my dad's fiance and we've got to split them up it's a weird one because I mean I don't like trying to rewrite films but I think what you'd have to do is an odd one because both parts of the family are very posh Mm. so really you needed Meredith to have already been the stepmom and you needed someone who wasn't posh you know, a bit more streetwise, as it were, coming in. Yeah. Because of a posh one is like all about ideas because she's so up and proper. She doesn't know how to get rid of his stepmom. Whereas the other one could step in and with her attitude yeah. and being radical and all the other nice things would have been able to do something about it. Whereas here, because despite the accents, you know, they're very alike anyway, even personality wise. And I don't think the actual swap um, mixes things up at all. Or it, it wouldn't have done anyway. Yeah. It's one of those funny film tropes, isn't it? That both both families have to be rich for this film to work. Like, you couldn't do this with two middle-class families or working-class families because you just couldn't fly across the earth multiple times in this plot. Like. Um, saying that, I, I thought the Californian side would be a bit more working-class and they don't have working-class over. But you take away from flying to London at the end and you could have had that work a bit better. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. But he's he's a very he's clearly a successful businessman. Isn't yeah, he? he's a very successful he's wine guy. So yeah, let's talk. Um, let's talk gems. Okay. Gems. Okay. Um, shall I go first? 
You can do if you want. Okie dokie. Like I said, it, it was perfectly fine. Nothing too offensive. A bit long, a bit bland. So I'm going to go for a six, I think. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go seven. Oh, bloody hell. And it, I did enjoy it. It was fine. And I've, I think I gave seven to heavyweights as well. So is and that I've, drawing 13 ranked joint third now? Probably something like that. Yeah. So Notes down in your box so you'd have to oh, listen yeah. back let's, to it. Let's double check. Yeah. Oh, I've taken my pen out of the book. I can't find it. Now. Your pen's on the desk. I can see it right there. Yeah, but it was used. I was using it as a bookmark. Okay. Right. So what did I say? Seven and six. So that's thirteen. Thirteen. Oh shit! Yeah, that's <laughs> joint third with Escape to Witch Mountain and Heavyweights. Fantastic. Well, at least for two camp films are together. <laughs> Woohoo! Maybe we have to choose more camp films. See if we can break that thirteen up. We need to start finding some more films that are terrible. Because mm. the, the last few have been fine, and it's difficult to talk about films that are just fine. Yeah, uh, I found this as well. And my next film is, I suspect, is going to be fine as well. Although it's going to be one of the more famous ones we do, so this should be okay, a good one, as it were. Because it is your choice, it's, isn't it? It's one of the big hitters. I reckon that we're going to do on the podcast, right? Without you know going into Mary Poppins and shit like that. Well, it's interesting because the list which we are using as gospel on Wikipedia for our film choices, yeah. Classes Mary Poppins as a hybrid film because it includes animation. Okay. And so I think for the sake of this podcast, a film has to be non-animated at oh, all. Oh, really? Okay. So Bedknobs and Broomsticks is also out. Oh, damn it. There goes my idea for like the 50th episode. Should we ever <laughs> get to that? Sorry, mate. So my next film. Yeah. So I'm, I don't know why I'm just randomly Googling now to see what I can have, but I already know what I'm going to go for. I'm going to go for the perennial... Saturday afternoon ITV film. I think it got played on that slot before the football results for years and years on end, and it might still do now, but I don't know. Jurassic Park isn't Disney. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so I think we should go for Cool Runnings. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. You know what? I've only ever seen this film once. I've seen it a few times, no offence. Not for many years, though, but... It's not quite recently I watched it, probably about five years ago. But yeah, th- you're right that this is probably the most uh, well-known of the films we're going to be watching. But uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Mm, fantastic. Okay, so that'll be next week. Um, where can people find you... Well, next fortnight. Where can people find you on Tinterweb, Chris? You can find me on Twitter, at Kids... Well, God knows what sort of content I'll be pumping out. Some shite, I assume. And uh, where can we find you, Tim? Um, so if you want to talk to me directly my twitter is parenttrap411 <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we have an official one for this podcast which is without a mouse and we're also at without a mouse on instagram um, where you'll find more cat pictures than promotion um, that's my sort of content though yeah um, it's more my personal account than anything but you know if you want to go there go there yeah perv yeah. on tim's cat yeah so bye 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 <laughs>